Hi! That's Lindsay. And that's Kayla. And we're two friends who share a love for reading that we want to share with you. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about books, baby! Woo! This is uh this was a heavy hitter. It, it was. was good though. Yes. It's honestly, it was it's one of my favorite thriller reads. I understand why. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I just Riley Sager does a really good job with these kind of like because I want to call it more like a psychological thriller, mm. but mm-hmm. It's also it's not like Gone Girl no. psychological. It's more intense and more thriller, but it also kind of like just messes with your mind. So he does a really good job. I do think this was his first one, and I do think his thriller thing has kind of gone downhill. Not downhill. It's still good, but it's just not as good as the first one. So. It's just not as thrilling. Yes. It's go. still very good read. I will always read whatever books he comes out with, but uh, nothing lives up to Final Girls. And I can I can I just say he did such an amazing job writing a woman. Yes. Well, so do you know why? So Riley Sager is a pseudonym. Do you know why they chose Riley as the name? Because it could be a woman. It could be a woman. Yeah. And I 100% thought a woman had wrote this. Yes. I did not know that that was a pseudonym, by the way. But I was reading it and I was like, well, it's so funny that you said all that because I was reading it and I was like, okay, well, I thought that this was written by a man, but whoever it was wrote these women really well. And I went back and I looked and I'm like, yeah, it's a man. I it's, it is. Uh, so just so well done. So let's hop right into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's actually, let me just read the synopsis and then we can just kind of go from there. Does that sound good? Okay. Okay. First, there were three, then there were two. Could there only ever be one final girl? Ten years ago, college student Quincy Carpenter went on vacation with five friends and came back alone, the only survivor of a horror movie-scale massacre. In an instant, she becomes a member of a club no one wants to belong to, a group of similar survivors known in the press as the Final Girls. Lisa, who lost nine sorority sisters to a college dropout's knife, Sam, who went up against the sack man during her night shift at the Nightlight Inn, and now Quincy, who ran bleeding through the woods to escape Pine Cottage and the man she refers to only as him. The three girls are all attempting to put their nightmares behind them and with that, one another. Oh, and with that, one another. (laughs) I I read that sentence wrong. Despite the media's attempts, they never meet. Now Quincy is doing well, maybe even great, thanks to her Xanax prescription. She has a caring, almost fiancé Jeff, a popular baking blog, a beautiful apartment, and a therapeutic presence in Coop, the police officer who saved her life all those years ago. Her memory won't even allow her to recall the events of that night. The past is in the past. That is, until Lisa, the first final girl, is found dead in her bathtub, wrist slit, and Sam, the second, appears on Quincy's doorstep. Blowing through Quincy's life like a whirlwind, Sam seems intent on making Quincy relive the past with increasingly dire consequences, all of which makes Quincy question why Sam has sought her out. And when new details about Lisa's death come to light, Quincy's life becomes a race against time as she tries to unravel Sam's truth 
from her lies, evade the police and hungry reporters, and more crucially, remember what really happened at Pine Cottage before what started 10 years ago is finished. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right off the bat, we're we're dealing with uh, not serial killers, uh, spree killers, right? Mm-hmm. Every girl, each of the final girls was part of a spree killing, and they have, or I guess, is it a spree killing if they don't go to, like, multiple locations? I always get a little confused. This is just a massacre. This is basically a massacre, but I, I think it might be a right. spree killer. It might be. Yeah. Okay. I think, it's, I, know- I, think it's, I know serial killer is, it's just about the quantity, but spree killer is about the amount in a certain amount of time, I think. Right. Well, so is serial, because serial killer, it has to be at least three and it has to be over the course of a certain amount of months. So mm. A serial killer can't... I think if someone were a killing on Monday, Tuesday, and one person on Monday, Tuesday, spree. and Wednesday, they'd be a spree killer. That makes sense. Not a serial killer. Yeah. I'm so anyway, either way, <laughs> we're right off the bat dealing with just... I mean, what we both love is true crime. Yes. Um, but in fictionalized form. And I found it very interesting, the focus on the survivors and essentially survivor's guilt. Um, and I really loved the, the psychology behind that and how, you know, they're messed up from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but they're still trying to live their lives. But then it turns out there's so many more layers to just everything going on. Um, which is just what makes which is what makes it such a good novel, a fictionalized novel. So very, very true. I will say one of the things that I loved was um, the detail of Quincy having stolen all of these mirrored objects, right? Yes. So like yeah. a mirrored lip gloss, a mirrored compact, or I shouldn't say a mirrored compact, but a compact, a phone. Yeah. Like she just steals all these things and it's not just because she's a klepto and she's you know it's not like she's she's stealing them to deal with her own guilt i love that they have that that specific like thing it's like i'm looking at them to make sure i'm still here right wow yeah okay right i know it i just and i also love just the detail of like her relationships and like, because we're already 10 years past what happened, you know, and, and, you know, many people are like, oh, it's been 10 years, like, get over it. How do you get over five people being killed around you? And you are the only one who survived. Like, you don't, you don't get over that. You don't. And you, the only way you can do is cope. And that's what she was doing. And so I really, I loved just Quincy as a character um, it, not that I could like relate to her because obviously I haven't gone through what she went through, but like just like her coping me- mechanisms and like the little things that she did to cope with her trauma. Uh-huh. Um, I found that very interesting. And what I will say is I hated, uh, hate's a strong word, but I really didn't like Jeff. Yeah. I didn't. And because- I, I feel like isn't that more like she's just looking for comfort in any way she can? Well, yes, but also like absolutely. Um, and I think that's why she was with him. Um, and I think with him, and I was thinking about this today, 
you know, he knew what he signed up for to an extent because he knew that who the person he decided to be with was ultimately a final girl, even though she doesn't like to be called it. That's what she is. Right. So he knew that going into this. And it was almost like the way I imagined him was very pretentious, wears a polo and khakis on his day off. Yeah. Yeah. do you know who my father is status? Like that kind of thing. I think he liked her, but I think that the problem was he wanted a normal girlfriend. And instead of loving her for who she is, because here's the thing, we as a human being, we are a a spider web, an intricate spider web of our happy moments, our sad moments, our traumas, our successes. We are a huge intricate spider web and they it's just woven so tightly and he wanted her to take out her trauma he wanted her to be like oh i'm over it though um and instead of him being like look i know you're not over it and i'm here for you and instead of him actually helping her get get through the trauma and cope with the trauma instead of that he wanted her to just basically bury it and hide it and he was like oh well you're but you're fine like you're past that like well, i right i feel like that's kind of the typical like kind of how i grew up thinking that like mental health wasn't important or that wasn't a real illness it's not like breaking your arm like oh now i can't use my arm if you have a mental illness if you have trauma you can't use yourself, you know, you can't function in normal daily life because your mental health is compromised. Just like if you broke your arm and it's just this, people don't understand because it's not visible. And so I feel like he's almost like that toxic white man who just thinks that he is like right about everything. Like get over it. It's fine. Like like, yep. why aren't you over it? It's been right. 10 years. It's been 10 years, yeah. <laughs> this is off topic, but remember in Princess Diaries when Lily is like, what? I thought you were over that. Like, when they were talking about the dad, she's like, yeah. I thought you were over that. It's been, like, two months. Girl, she lost her dad two months ago, and you think she's over it? Right. I, oh, my friend. God. It's so funny because I never thought about that, like, as a kid, but I wa- rewatched it recently, and I was like – it's been two months since she lost her dad. And Lily's like, I thought you were over that by now. And it's like, what? And then Mia's like, yeah, but he's still my dad. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, yeah. What oh the God. hell? Yes. Lily, I'm sorry for that, but true. Team, team Lily was a very bad friend, except for the part where Mia takes her hat off and in class and her hair is all straight. And everyone's like, ooh, what'd you do? And then, and then Mia is like, Oh, oh Lily. Lily says, Sorry, yeah. Lily, Lily says, Voltaire, hair. hair. I <laughs> personally would like to learn about Voltaire. I was like, ooh, girl. <laughs> uh, and as a child, I never knew what she was saying. I thought she was saying something about bald hair. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, I don't know. I don't get it. But keep going, Lily, I guess. Yeah. This is uh, so funny that we're actually talking about this because there's a podcast that I haven't listened to yet, but I want to give, I follow them on Instagram and I want to give them a shout out. They're called Hey Now, Hey Now. Oh, shit. And um, they talk about uh, like early 2000s teen movies. <gasps> 
Why haven't I heard of them? I know. I should. I meant to tell you about it. Um, yeah. Hey now, hey now is what it's called. And uh, they do. They did High School Musical, Freaky Friday, A Cinderella Story, Just My Luck, Thirteen Going on Thirty, Princess Diaries, Parent Trap. Obviously, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, they're so funny on Instagram. I just haven't got around to actually like listening to the podcast, but. I feel like I get a lot from their Instagram too. That Highly- sounds like so much fun. I am dying. I know. I know. Isn't that such a clever, like, because it's something that we all can relate to as being like in our twenties now. And, but we have such a nostalgia for like certain books and movies and music from yes. that time. And it's like, we were kids. And so rewatching it now, we have a totally different perspective, but it's like, we'll still watch it because it's nostalgic and it's just so good. So yes. And like, the thing is we are also the podcast generation where we listen to podcasts. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, uh, these, this generation that liked all these Disney movies then are listening to podcasts now. So God, let's I, talk about, them. I yeah. love them so much. I'm already, I'm going to go listen to them right when we finish here, but perfect. Uh, <gasps> perfect. okay. Sorry. Off on a tangent, but back to final girls. We are back. Um, okay. Should we just spoil it and I, just go for it? Yes. Team, if you don't want this spoiled, sorry. Why are you listening to us? Why you are you listening? by now. <laughs> Lindsay, please, can you read my name on this on this squadcast? Yes. Kayla's name for today's uh, recording session is Oops, Skilladoop, the perp was coop. Yep. Oops, Skilladoop, the perp was coop. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Coop was... Is was the what? Are, what do you say when you're talking about a book? Do you talk about the person in the present tense or the past tense? I feel like we do past tense, but is that correct? I would say is. Okay, is. Coop is the police officer. First off, a cab uh, who rescued Quincy, yeah. mm-hmm. rescued Quincy from the house that they were being all being massacred at and like Quincy was like running away bleeding was Quincy she was like stabbed but not she was stabbed yes okay. she was stabbed she was running away bleeding and bumps into Coop in the woods and he's like I'm an officer responding to the call and and like comforts her and then like as time goes on he's kind of like uh, a resource uh, of like emotional, he's like, like a support. He's a he's support, yeah yeah and to her yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I read this whole book thinking like, oh, she should be with Coop, yeah. not Jeff. Like Coop is so great. Blah 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 blah. Nope, uh, I'm giving she's the finger. Giving the finger, not the not the middle not the finger. Middle finger. But she's uh uh-uh, uh the uh uh-uh uh finger. The uh uh-uh. uh, Coop fucking did it. Yes. Uh, um, I'm going to just add in a little uh, snippet here where I say uh, throughout the book, Quincy often reminds the reader that she does not remember anything that happened at Pine Cottage. Her memory has been suppressed, which is a coping mechanism. It happens, especially when someone has gone through a very violent trauma. So throughout the book, you get these random chapters and it's like Pine Cottage. 5 p.m. 
Pine Cottage, 6.30, like that thing. And and so basically, it's like throughout the book, she's actually getting some memories back slowly. Like when, when certain things happen, like the incident in the park where the guy grabs and pulls her hair, um, she kind of gets this this memory back of like, oh my God, like I remember someone pulling my hair. I remember someone bashing my head. So these little memories are coming back to her, which we find out later is actually planned by someone in the book. We'll get to that though. But so it's it's really interesting how he does that. He also kind of, you know, in her head, she knows who killed all her friends and she knows who hurt her and she cannot bring herself to say his name. And the entire time you think it's this guy who just showed up out of nowhere and like he had car troubles and and her friend Janelle invited him to stay at the cabin with them where they were partying Mm -hmm. at Pine Cottage. She gets these little glimpses where she remembers very ominous things happening with him. With, with him, yeah. With him, yeah. And with so Joe. then his with Joe, Joe Hannon, yeah. yeah. So she will not even bring herself to say his name because she's like, it's like a trauma. And so when everyone was killed and she's running through the woods, she runs into Coop and her dress is white, but it's completely stained red because of all the blood. And then Joe is like, I've got you. I've got you. And then Coop. I'm sorry, Coop, my bad. <laughs> Coop is like, I've got you. I got you. And then Joe comes running out of the woods and Coop shoots him three times and kills him. And, you know, it's like, that's the end. She th- she thinks that's that. She thinks that she can just move past that. But as we've already spoiled, oops, gladoop. The perp was Coop. So she has really just run into the arms of the person who killed all of her friends. Yeah. Well, and he planned it that way. He wanted to, like, groom her. And that's why he stuck around. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's why he saved her. Like, I don't – did he pick – I can't remember, like, did he pick Quincy? Or is it just that, like, he had killed everyone else and he was like, okay, this is the last one? And you know, I don't remember, it. but he had he had like a weird obsession with her. So I don't right. know if that came in later or what, but like right. he had this it, weird thing about her. Right. Like he was just kind of like, okay, I pick one of them and then they're gonna be attached I'm gonna make them attached to me forever. Like it's just fucking creepy, you know? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Right. There she is. <laughs> you (laughs) it's very very interesting because like you said with the repressed memories and just kind of how it all unfolds in the book I did not see it coming because she sleeps with Coop and so it's like at the end there she sleeps with him and you're like okay she's gonna leave Jeff she's gonna be with Coop and then it all kind of just comes flooding back and she's like oh fuck like it was you I just slept with my friend's killer um And also, <gasps> but here's the thing. And I told you I was not super surprised when I found out it was him. Yeah, right. And it's because I am a, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd necessarily call myself like a horror movie lover, but I do like horror movies. I do. And, and you know, thrillers and stuff like that. As I was reading this, it kind of reminded me of the movie Scream. Have you ever watched Scream? 
Of course not. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was I thinking? Who um, you, look who you're talking to. That was my bad. That was yeah. my bad. Um, so in Scream, uh, the main character's name is Sydney. And throughout the movie, all these deaths start happening and they're clearly associated with her. And so, you know, the police are kind of like, Mm, maybe it's her or maybe it's the person who killed her mom like all this stuff and so you're you're a little bit like okay who could it be could it be her friends could it be her boyfriend whatever there are some signs that point to her boyfriend and he ends up getting put in jail for it but then he ends up getting let out okay and then by the end of it you she actually has sex with him and then right after she has sex with him, she finds out that he is actually the killer. He is the killer. And so to me, Coop was a very obvious suspect only because Riley Sager is a really, really good writer. And I don't think he would have made Jeff the killer because Jeff is kind of a... I don't know. He's he's not really that important of a character. I mean, he is, but he's important right. so far as he insofar as he keeps uh Quincy preoccupied, I guess, you know, right. and keeps right. her keeps that that idea of normalcy in her head. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really go very deep with Jeff. Jeff is a very shallow character. Um and so I think to me, it would have it made more sense that Coop would be the would be the killer because uh, Samantha, or who we know later to be Tina Stone, mm-hmm. is just too obvious of a suspect. Right. So to me, it was either going to be Coop or it was going to be Jonah or okay, Quincy. So, so see, I um, didn't think I wasn't thinking in the terms of like oh, one of the people around her is going to be the person who actually did it. I thought that it was Joe, the person who had who they had said killed all of them. Of course. And I thought that we were just kind of get down to the um, motive and find out, like, what was his motive? Is it all connected to the other final girl killings? Like, I was thinking, like, okay – Joe did it. He was there. He was shot dead. Like, this is, it's him. And how does he, what is his motive and how does it connect to all the other massacres that had Mm -hmm. happened? That was where my brain was at. I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, it's not actually him. And so that's really interesting to hear that you were kind of thinking in terms of like, there has to be another suspect oh, and yeah. it's someone that's close to her. Like, obviously I knew that Sam was a little suspect. And I, so I was thinking like, she must be involved in some way. Like there's some sort of final girls. Like we christened you a final girl and we kill all your friends so that you can be <laughs> a final girl too. You know, like yeah. I thought that it was going to be something like, weird like that and I was not thinking in terms of like oh it's kind of cut and dry we're just behind on figuring it out it's yeah for me it was very much it was filled with horror movie tropes so one of them being I wouldn't know that because you know being not not watching horror and that's why it's so different from any other thriller that I've read and you're right it is more horror and more of like a horror movie I would assume and kind of like you've said yeah and so like to me this was like brand new this is the first time I've 
I've read these tropes. Yeah. And so, yeah, hearing you say that about the horror movie tropes, it's just, it's interesting. It absolutely is. And again, attributing it back to Scream, in Scream, there's a character played by, uh, Fudge, what was that character? Who was that guy from uh, Malibu's Most Wanted? Something. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I'll think of it. But anyway, okay. um, it's played by this actor who I cannot remember. Um, but he he kind of looks like a young Dana Carvey from Wayne's World, if anyone knows who that is. But anyways, so he is this kind of kind of slightly nerdy character. And his basically his job in the movie is he tells everyone, we're basically in a horror movie. And they're like, that's stupid. This isn't a movie. And it's like, well, clearly it's a movie. <laughs> but, right, right. but he says, okay, but if it were a movie, then we would be going by horror movie laws. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, what are horror movie laws? And he's like, okay, well, like the virgin never dies. Right. right. And so that was the one thing I thought about because Quincy, when she was at Pine Cottage, she was a virgin. Okay. Interesting. So she was, you know, she's talking yeah. about going and sleeping with Craig. So she goes to the cottage right. as a virgin. And it kind of reminded me of in Boy Meets World, there was a scary episode it was a halloween uh-huh. episode with uh it was a with sean and there it was based on scream where he's going and he's killing all the characters off uh-huh. and they actually go through the horror movie tropes and and sean even says virgins virgins never die and then right. Corey looks at topanga and goes thanks a lot topanga uh- <laughs> so uh that's one of the horror movie okay concepts but also um there's also that thing where it's like, where it's like, all right, well, there's this character that, like, is it's a, a very obvious suspect. Well, if you're a good writer, you're not going to make the killer the obvious suspect. You're not. Right. Totally. You know, it, but it's going to be someone who can get close to the main character and yeah. who is also who's trusted. In our- and who's in our line of sight as we read. It's not going to exactly. be some random person out of the blue, like, oh, actually, this random person did it. It has to be someone that we know and love. Right. And they yeah. inject themselves into the investigation somehow, usually. Right. So right. Uh, it, and it again reminds me of another movie, Happy Death Day, where. At the very end, they give you this suspect and she's like, oh, my God, it was him all along. And I was like, this is not the end of the movie because clearly it's not the end of the movie because he's not the right. Like, he's just some random dude. And this movie has been good up till now. So it's not going to be him. It's going to be right. someone close to her. Right. So it's just interesting. So, yeah, Coop was my he was one of my suspects. But I think Jonah okay. was also one of them because I was like, you know, he he created this sense of chaos around her when he showed her picture and basically showed where she lived. So I'm like, okay, well, Jonah, like he could have created the chaos so that like, so that he could kind of sneak in, you know? Right. Right. That was what I thought. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting uh, hearing kind of our differences of opinion based on like, what you know and what I came into it knowing because like I said, it's just not the typical thriller that I usually read. And so, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I freaking loved it. Um, And it's funny because I would never watch 
the movie version of this. Oh, I would make you watch the movie. No, I'd be like, I would I'd, never. No, Lindsay, I would do what I do with my sister-in-law. I would watch the movie and I'd be like, okay, Lindsay, a scary part's coming up in three, two, one, close your eyes. You know? I, yeah, I have to have someone who has watched it before tell me like, hey, no, cl- like you can't do this. Like, I can do that for you. Yeah. That could okay. be my job. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I loved that. I loved this this discussion on mental health. Like yes. the discussion on mental health was phenomenal. Well, I also, I think it's important when we're reading books like this, it also kind of makes me think of The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. And she has, um, what is it? Agoraphobia. Yeah. She doesn't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. And so her mental health is like kind of the forefront of the novel and like how she's coping, which we don't know. Uh, spoiler. Do you want, can I give you a spoiler on this? Sure. Book? We don't know until later that her husband and daughter died because she's still talking to them uh, in the book. She's still talking to them. And so we're like, Oh, she's on the phone with them and they don't live near her. Like they're giving her space because she's agoraphobic, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this whole thing. But I really appreciated the like that the commentary and the like, hey, mental health is important. It's important to sit down and talk to a therapist about the things that you're having issues with and work through the problems. Yeah. Um, And I mean, eventually you could save a life that way because that's what happened in the book. But um, your own life too at that. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it when books like this that do tend to be, I don't want to say like scarier, but kind of focus on someone who had trauma, uh, that it doesn't just focus on the trauma and all these triggers, but it focuses on who they are as a person, how they're working through it, their mental health. And Mm. it's okay if you have to take a Xanax to get through your life. It is okay. Yeah, or two or three. <laughs> if that, if yeah. that doesn't tell you, yeah, yeah. Swallow it down with grape soda, which was such a throwback. I was like, I haven't had grape soda in really? the longest oh time. God. I haven't. Either. I just don't really drink soda, but grape soda sounds so nostalgic. I know. So, I mean, yeah, I, I might go grab one one of these days. Yeah, um, it's like kind of like ginger ale is like my nostalgia drink, and I only drink it on planes. You know, oh, like on Southwest, where they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'll take a ginger ale. And so it's just, you know, like the little clear cup of it's not even like a full ginger ale. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. But it's like nostalgic because I use that. Right. Like, this is the only soda I've drank in a long time. <laughs> but so um, I just had root beer like 10 minutes ago. So. Did you? <laughs> I, I did for lunch. Like- Can we really quick talk about Tina Stone? Yes. Sorry. I forgot all about her. No, yes. I well I was I was about to forget about her too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for anyone listening, you've probably you probably already know, but we're going to remind you, Tina Stone is the I'm going to say quote unquote changed name of Samantha Boyd. Samantha Boyd was the second final girl. She was the one who survived the Nightlight Inn slayings. She killed her attacker. And through the through the book, like Quincy wants to ask her questions about that night and doesn't. She doesn't end up asking her questions uh, because she's like, oh, I don't want to like hurt her. I don't want to, I don't want to bring back any trauma, whatever. And Samantha or Tina is always like, it's like, I'm fine. Like I've got like whatever I've dealt with my stuff, whatever. Right. Um, 
So she says. Um, but then, but then one day, yeah, uh, and and you know, she says that she changed her name to Tina Stone because you know to keep the reporters away. But Samantha Boyd has not been seen for years. Like right. she has fallen off the face of the earth, and so she comes back in, and she comes to Quincy's life. You know, injects injects herself in. Definitely, kind of tries to push her to push her to you know remember things about pine cottage maybe say the name of her attacker Mm -hmm. all this stuff like and she also you know she puts her into some pretty crazy situations uh where she where she basically forces um quincy to get attacked by people so that quincy will attack people so that she'll get her anger out or whatever yeah but we find out that Tina Stone is not Samantha Boyd. Mm-hmm. She is not. Yeah. She is Tina Stone. She right. is a friend of Joe Hannon from the Pine Cottage killings. Mm-hmm. And she has come to Quincy as a, uh, I don't know, what'd you call her? Like, she's trying to, she's an imposter. Right. And she's trying to, like, appeal to her to, like, get it out because she believes that Joe didn't do it. Yes. And so she's like, hey, can you just confirm, basically? But, like, but to Quincy, Joe did do it until, like, her memories come back. Like, she's still sitting there and, like, he did it because that's what she was told. Mm -hmm. You know, even though she can't say his name, like, that's what she was told. Exactly. And so, yeah. And – how interesting is that? That that that's what she was told, so that's what she believed. It kind of it kind of brings to light what happens in uh, police investigation rooms, yes. right? Well, Where uh, it makes me think of um, making, making a, murder? a murder. Yes, uh, Brendan Dassey mm-hmm. was basically given information. He was coerced into saying the things that he said, and he's still. Ugh, Free Brendan Dassey. He should not be in prison. <laughs> he should not be in prison. It is just, it breaks my heart. But like, if you watch those videos, like he was told what to say and they take it as truth. And honestly, I believe that he believed it too as he was saying it because he was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a vulnerable person and you're telling them these things, it's, I mean, I'm about to go to hypnotherapy in an hour and, uh, which I'm so jealous about, by the way. A very, it's a very positive thing. And I did it last week. But like, it's essentially kind of the same thing was I'm not put to sleep, but I'm put into a very, you know, state of restfulness. And I'm told things and I'm, you know, this is how we should be thinking, helping me get over my trauma. Honestly, I think it's better than regular therapy, because I feel like I don't realize certain things. And I can't really, I can't express it. So I can't confront it because I yeah. don't really edit whereas mm-hmm. hypnotherapy I feel like I'm really getting to the root of things and like I came out of it kind of like realizing shit that I didn't ever really realize oh my god I'm so in myself. love with this it's so great it's, I want to do it highly recommend I'm really excited to do my second session I'm like what's today gonna be like <laughs> so um but anyway it in a similar fashion I almost feel like it is similar because they're put into the state of fear if you don't agree with us Like, we're going to, you know, you have to cooperate or we're going to put you in jail or we're going to, you know, question your family or X, Y, Z. And they're basically in this 
fear state and they're like, okay, yes, this is what happened. Can I go now? Yeah. It's like, that's not how it works. But when you're put in that position, you're not fully grasping the whole situation and, and the overarching, like what's going to happen. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's very, so the psychology of it all is very interesting, but to relate it back to final girls and with Quincy, like, it's like, she was in this state of fear, you know, mm-hmm. afterwards in her soaking blood soaked dress, sitting with the police. And they're like, well, it looks like Johanna did it. So did Johanna do it? Yes, he did. Because that's who I saw running at me. Yeah. And that's what I am remembering, you know, these little things. And yes, he did it. Well, and also, though, there's that there is that uh, chapter, which is two days after Pine Cottage. Yeah. And it's like she's laying in bed. She's high on painkillers, mm-hmm. like just coming down from her high on painkillers. Mm-hmm. She has the good cop, bad cop situation going on with uh, Cole and uh, Fremont. And then Fremont's like, well, there are a lot of things that just aren't adding up. Well, blah, 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 blah. You need to answer these questions. She's like, I I don't know. Right. I can't tell you. And then it's they very obviously accused her of they were like, why are you the only one? Only one alive. alive. Right. And, and so in her state of fear and her, you know, high on painkillers, she has to give an answer. Mm-hmm. You, you know, even though she doesn't really know. She has to give an answer. Exactly. I, it was so well done. And and Riley Saker just killed it. He, I mean, no pun intended. but, But he really killed it. Like this book, it checked all the horror movie boxes for me. And not only that, but it's like on top of it, like checking all my horror movie boxes, it had a strong female lead. Yeah. who she doesn't think she's strong <laughs> she yeah. doesn't think she's strong and thanks right. to tina she she does kind of realize her strength right. i will say i did not like that she attacked that man in the park but i do understand i do understand why tina put her in that situation right but i don't think that it should have been at the expense of someone else's life totally 100 percent agree with that yeah. yeah um but uh I just, you know, it's a very strong female lead, and I thought it was just phenomenally done. Yeah, Com- I 100% agree. It's one of my favorites. Uh, have you guys read it? Let us know if you've read Final Girls. If you like Final Girls, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't read it, sorry we spoiled it all for you. Um, but you should still pick it up because there's a lot of intricacies in the book that I think we weren't able to touch because you just have to read it to get it. Mm-hmm. And so um, highly recommend. Yeah. And girls. also if you, you know, you've heard what we had to say about it when you read it. Um, if we did happen to spoil it for you again, apologies, but you'll actually pick up on a lot of, a lot of little things yeah that little we didn't little clues that we didn't pick up on the first time because we were reading it and we were reading it with new eyes but you'll have heard our you know our take on it and yeah. but really let us know I want to yeah. know what you guys thought yeah me too I'm so excited guys we miss you happy Halloween don't forget to rate review and subscribe Tune in every Monday for new episodes. That's Kayla. And that's Lindsay. Goodbye!
Ooh.